0: Join the Party and Spirits are playing in your city! God, we're so excited! Eric will be wearing his DMing glove the entire trip. I'm both worried and excited. Seven cities, ten days, at the end of March 2024, your two favorite podcasts, Join the Party and Spirits are performing live. We're playing games, rolling dice, making monsters, and a whole lot more. So come see us in Seattle at The Hereafter on March 21st. Minneapolis at Granada on March 22nd. Chicago at Reggie's on March 24th. Boston at the Rockwell on March 25th New York City at Littlefield March 26th, Philly at City Winery March 27th and DC at Atlas Brewworks on March 28th. Get your tickets right now at jointhepartypod.com live that's jointhepartypod.com/ live. there you can see all the ticket links and find the city that works for you. When you're rolling the bones, your future is looking good. Join us. Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a drunken dive into myths and legends. Every week we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I am Amanda. I am Julia. And this is episode 72, Lord of the Rings, with Emma Scherzarko. Yeah, um,
1: I really, really liked this episode, actually. I thought I knew a lot about Lord of the Rings. I do not know a lot about Lord of the Rings. I thought I knew uh, a normal amount about Lord of the Rings. Turns out, I know nothing. Yeah, apparently I know nothing. And it's wonderful, because Emma does an amazing job explaining it to us.
0: Yes, we recorded this uh, an embarrassing number of months ago with her, uh, which is why you're going to hear us talk about how hot it is. She was in town to...
1: Uh, record the Wolf 359 finale that's how long it's been which you know you can now binge that
0: so you're welcome it's a great podcast you're welcome
1: (laughs) speaking of which you might recognize Emma as the voice of Commander Minkovsky Uh, who is wonderful and an amazing human being and I would marry her if uh, I could marry fictional characters and
0: Emma also now hosts a podcast called pairing where she pairs wine with art and culture and it is absolutely delightful and if you like the show you're gonna like that one yeah
1: and the reason that she is so uh, qualified for pairing wine with art and culture is because she is
0: sommelier and she talks a little bit about that in this episode so we are really stoked to get there. Uh, but first, we would like to thank our newest patrons Ashley, Jesse, 1159 to Midnight, which is a great name, Jeremy, Miriam, and Danielle. Welcome. Yes. uh, And thank you, as always, to our supporting patrons. Neil, Philip,
1: Julie, Sarah, Christina, Josh, Eeyore, Maria, Cammy, Lindsay, Ryan, Lynn, Mercedes,
0: Phil, and Deborah. As well as our legend level patrons who are getting a very special boozy related package next week. It's really cool. Buggy, Rachel, Sandra, Ashley Marie, Leanne, Shannon, Cassie, and Ashley.
1: You guys um, definitely are descendant from cool boat seafaring
0: elves that's what I remember about this episode (laughs) yep checks out and when you're on your next uh boat journey whether you're an elf (laughs) or not okay you should download an audible audiobook they are our sponsor this week and we're going to tell you about two fantastic books later in the episode but for now you can go to audible.com spirits to start your free trial and redeem their offer for a free book or text spirits to 500 500
1: this week, we want to remind you, hey, our Patreon exists. And Patreon! we super
0: want to go to Spaghetti Warehouse in Akron, Ohio. We want to go to Akron. It is the time of year where it's actually okay to visit the Midwest, yes. and I want to do it. I want to see Editor Eric. I want to go
1: eat in the trolley. Yes, I want to eat in the trolley too. And if you pledge just $1 an episode to our Patreon account, you make it easier for us to get to Akron, Ohio, which is a
0: thing that I would never say <laughs> in real life. We are not that far away from this Patreon goal, so thank you so so much to all of you who have supported us so far and for those who are about to join we salute you that's a pop culture reference i think uh yeah not, i mean about to die but about to join is also good too oh okay well uh we're also gonna raise our glasses so um thank you so much again to everyone who listens who supports who recommends the show and without further ado enjoy spirit's podcast episode 72 lord of the rings with emma shirzarko So, welcome to Spirits, uh, someone whose voice we've been listening to for several years at this point, and who is an incredible actress, and has an actual book on our table, which we've never had before. I don't think really? so. Really?
2: No one's brought a book to your table before? Emma Shrizarko. Welcome Hi, to Spirits. thank you. Thank you. Um, so, I'm, I'm so thrilled to be here because I, as we were just saying, I am a recent uh, Spirits convert um, <laughs> aficionado, um, and so I'm so excited to to be here and talking about my favorite nerdy thing so you're, you're
0: like a five-year vintage instead of like the 25-year vintage I'm a or whatever yeah exactly
2: that was
1: points for um, nice for for wine reference did it um, i think you were just applying your whiskey knowledge
2: to yeah yeah <laughs> a 25-year vintage for wine is like pretty pretty old pretty good
1: yeah, yeah. It's, it's very good um i had a 1980 opus <gasps> at my uncle's house the other day oh my god he's like i got this your uh your aunt gave this to me as a uh, like anniversary present back in 1980 <laughs> and i just amazing. had this case for forever i'm like that's amazing it was really fucking good
2: there there's a lot of people who come in because i work in a wine store and there's a lot of people who come in and are like i just had a baby i want to buy a really good wine that's like current vintage mm. so that i can give nice. it to them
0: in 21 years and so that's, that's that's adorable
2: yeah it's very cute and it's a great idea so yeah.
0: wish my parents had that foresight yeah i'm right? do that. they're just no. like i have a baby i can't yeah, right now yeah with anything. i mean
2: to be like it's it's a it's sort of uh demonstrative of uh certain priorities i think the fact that like <laughs> new parents are thinking about Giving their children wine in twenty
1: one years. Listen, my but- priorities always <laughs> surround wine. Oh yeah, always. me too, me too, nonstop, love it. So Emma, um, what are you going to talk about? So I'm going to talk about Tolkien
2: and the Silmarillion and the myths and legends of Middle Earth tonight.
1: I'm just um, I'm fanning myself because I know we have plenty of fans who are interested uh, in this topic. Uh, also, I'm a little hot right
0: now because yes, it's, it's eighty also something hot. degrees. It's also hot, but it's also like, oh my god, Tolkien. <laughs> this is probably going to like uh, air in the middle of winter, and everyone's like, "What are you talking about?"
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. I'm be like, right. oh my god, it's
0: so cold. Well, part of why I brought the book is because
2: as I believe it was George Bush. George W. Bush said, The great thing about books is that sometimes they have pictures. And <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was gonna this, say is, also this is the first time anyone has time, quoted George W. Bush on, our been show. on the show. I'm, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know if he actually said that or not. I think somebody told me he said that one time. And I was Listen, like, Listen, oh headcanon
1: accepted. Also, yeah. we'll take any apocryphal story about George W. Bush right, on the show. Right, exactly.
2: What a those time, were, right, y'all? Yeah, those seem like. <laughs> Really wonderful times I know. at this point. Maybe that's so, a long con. Yep. I love this edition of the Silmarillion because it's got this nice map Ooh, of, maps. so this is before Middle Earth. So the Silmarillion takes place during like, the creation of time in Tolkien's uh, world that he created and the first age of the world. The Lord of the Rings, which we're all a little more familiar with, takes place during the Third Age, if that gives it a little bit of so context. like a
0: millennia or two. Yeah. Yes. Not too bad. So, in so, a couple
2: centuries for change. Exactly. Okay. So there's a few different ways I could talk about this because there's like the whole creation myth aspect mm-hmm. to the Silmarillion right. and you kind of have to get through that and it's a fantasy book, but it's written more like a history and or kind of like biblical text. Right. Um, so it's tough to get through sometimes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you have to read a lot of names Mm -hmm. and, uh, you have to like, luckily Christopher Tolkien, J.R. Tolkien's son,
0: like has like, little gotcha. references in the back otherwise wow. it would be totally impossible that's some like norton anthology of poetry style and notes <laughs>
2: totally well it's also kind of like game of thrones you know like at the end yeah. of the game of thrones or the song of
0: ice and fire books they they have all the lists mm-hmm. of the houses and everybody in the house yeah it gets after really reading the to... first book i turned the last page went right back to the first page and read it again yeah i was like oh i know who everybody is now this is helpful. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> that's awesome (laughs) which is why I encourage people to like watch the show and then go for it so just to talk a little bit about Tolkien in his
2: context he was a philologist as well as an author so
0: I had to look this up and wait can I guess yes please do is it the history of (laughs) <laughs> philosophy either language ideas philosophy or the shape head thing it's very like it's it's very much that okay i was, um, was throwing it, a lot of noodles at the wall it's, there, it's sort friend. of
2: it's it's the study of the um like theology history literature linguistics of a culture nice yeah that's so cool. yeah yes. he's pretty so basically like everything about a culture because we know tolkien as a ling- linguist definitely um, and author Um, and that's, you know, like he created several languages for these books that he wrote for me growing up as a kid, you know, when I first read these books, this was the closest thing to religion that I ever had. Like I loved these books Mm -hmm. so much and like, you know, didn't necessarily like, I didn't believe that they'd actually happened, but I like believed in the world that he created. They're very special to me and hold a very uh, dear place in my heart as I know they do for many, many people. So anyway, so there's the creation of the world and then it gets, it's kind of boring, and then (laughs) there it is. Like the Bible. Yeah, it's like, in the way that the Bible is both beautiful and interesting and boring. So there's a fair amount of that in this book. But then once the elves come into the picture um, Nice. that's when
1: things get that's weird. when things get wavy. <laughs> um
2: I love no, it they actually do so I guess maybe the easiest way to um to talk about it is just to like give a little brief overview of what what you get when you, what you're getting into when you read the Silmarillion do it up so the yeah. first the first part of the book which is not technically part of the Silmarillion is called I knew Lindale. So, in um, Tolkien's language, Ainu Lindale means the music of the Ainur. What I find very, very interesting about Tolkien's kind of theology that, or like the religion that he created around yeah. um, his world, is that it's both monotheistic and polytheistic. Um, tell me more. So, there is the one God, his name is Eru. Or Iluvatar, as he's called later by the elves.
0: I go. I'm sorry, Lu- Louis, uh, Louis Vuitton. Yeah. Louis <laughs> Vuitton. So, so the so God Louis Vuitton, Lu- Louis Vuitton. <laughs> because Vuitton. why give a person one name when you can give them fourteen?
2: So anyway, so what I love about this is basically Eru, who's the one God in this world, mm-hmm. who's here for the first part and then not really for the rest of the book. Clockmaker God. Yep. yep, totally. He creates the world by creating music. And so he's got nice. kind of all his angels, which essentially angels, who are called the Ainur, and um, they all create music together, and the, that music creates the world.
0: Cool. So, I like
2: it. Yeah. So the wine that we're drinking, the reason, part of the reason why I chose it is because it has a music note. It um, is very aww. good wine, and listener. And it it's very tasty. He has all of his angels create this music, um, the Ainur, um, create this music that creates the world, essentially. But there's this one guy... Melkor, oh, that, one dude? <gasps> that one guy melcor's the worst he decides right from the get-go he's like nah i don't like this i want to create a dissonant theme no. to the music oh. of iluvitar <sighs> and so Melkor, of course ends up being kind of like the devil figure he's pre-Sauron, so mm. if you are if you know Lord of the Rings, if you've seen it, you know, Sauron's the Dark Lord. He's the e- big, big bad. Okay, so Melkor creates this dissonant theme. Iluvatar is basic, Eru, is kind of like, you know what? It's all part of my design. Now I'm going to send a bunch of my angels, my Ainur, um, down to Earth to kind of create it and make it ready for my children. So the children of Iluvatar are the elves and the men. Um, okay. And they're going to wake up at different
1: times. I feel like the dwarves got a bad rep here. Well, okay, so I'll talk okay. about the dwarves. Sorry, in a minute. I, I just like no, no, immediately no. my thought was put the dwarves.
2: This is one of my this is one of my favorite parts of the story, and so this is where it becomes polytheistic. Okay, so it starts out kind of like okay, there's God, he creates everything. Yeah, cool. Once he sends his minions down to kind of take care of the world and make the world ready, um, then we're looking at the Valar or the Valar who become kind of the gods and oh. and you definitely see influence from greek myths, norse myths in many of these gods. The valar get sent down to earth essentially is what it is or middle earth it's called arda. So the main gods are monwe's like the head honcho. He's kind of he's kind of Zeus like um, you know he's the god of the skies. Mm-hmm. He sleeps with everybody. He doesn't. There's not a lot oh. of sex in Tolkien. That's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, he. he was, so his yeah.
0: wife, his mate,
2: I guess, is Varda, and she's actually talked about way more in The Lord of the Rings because the elves worship her above all others because she's kind of like the goddess of the stars good job elves sounds right Right. good job elves sounds right totes okay so anyway so there's monwe and varda and they kind of live up on a mountain kind of like olympus (laughs) Olympus, um, but it's called uh they live in the holy land which is called amon and the city of valinor Mm -hmm. is where so you so in the lord of the rings you hear a little bit about valinor and that's what they're talking about. That's where the gods live. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of Asgardian okay. a little bit, but not like a planet, but like a or not like a world, gotcha. but just Realm. like an island. Gotcha. It's kind of like Avalon. Yeah, yeah, cool.
0: kind of. Cool. Um, and Breaking
1: out all the mythology. Yeah, yeah girl. Like, Damn, girl. I got that got one. for sure. Yes. For sure.
0: Do you think that he was um, making all of the mythologies that he knew so much about better? Or was he kind of like, you guys don't even know how this could be, you know, and like remixing them in an interesting way.
2: So I've heard a lot of different things about what he thought about what he was doing. Um, In the foreword to The Lord of the Rings, which I was reading recently, he writes that you know, because in the Lord of the Rings, a lot of people say, "Oh, this is so clearly influenced by your experience in World War One."
0: All right, biographical scholars, yeah,
2: give it a, give it sure a second, that. yeah. And so, and so, basically, what Tolkien says is, he's like, "Look, I didn't make anything. I didn't write anything." To be like a direct allegory
0: right. or analogy to. That was for C.S. Lewis, his student, to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, sick
2: burn. Oh. oh, sick burn. They were part of the Inklings, the hey. Literary
0: Society in Oxford. What a dream, together. right? To I know, like right? get those guys drunk and just like, totally. fuck with them. oh my God, Ugh. if I could go back in time. Right. Totally. Meet, meet me in Cambridge in 19... Yeah. If I could, whatever, 30. Uh, Amanda, Yeah, it was the
2: 30s and 40s. Amanda's
0: dreams is just to go back in
1: history and join a bunch of societies. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so I feel like with Tolkien,
2: like he didn't... He wasn't purposefully trying to use anything like so yeah. directly. I think he was just sort of influenced by everything around him, which is why I think it's very interesting that he's got the one God and then once you've got... Cre- Once creation's over, Mm -hmm. you have the many gods. Mm -hmm. Like it, it it turns from a very like Judeo-Christian kind of sounding myth into uh, into a more polytheistic kind of pagan kind of
1: theology. That's a really interesting transition just it from is. a historical perspective because usually it is the opposite. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
2: And so you know like the one god Eru like he's, he's mentioned periodically throughout the book like he exists mm-hmm. but the Valar are much more central
0: players in right. the story. Right. So tell us how they come about and how they yeah have so a role. okay so
2: they're like they're spirits who come down to earth and one of them is Melkor this guy with the dissonant theme that douchebag that douchebag I just who... keep picturing Melchior
0: Gabor from yeah Spir-like yeah one. I know I know like fucking of course this of course is the one no totally you and I and I was like
2: I was like looking it up I was like did he name him Melkor like like was that a reference to Melchior mm-hmm. like um. Because there were many, like, historical Melchioras, and I don't think so. I think it was just, like, that's the name he chose.
0: And, like, Tolkien made up thousands of names. So many At names. At some point, names. some of them so are going to have to battle. And also, but the, like,
2: really frustrating thing is that he often reuses names. And so, like... <gasps> no! Ke- Celeborn is both the name of Galadriel's husband and the name of a tree. And, no. like, it's, you know, a very important tree, and, you know, it's, like...
1: I mean, it kind of makes sense just from a historical perspective. Think how many Jameses there are. are They're going to be Johns. No, it's it's, it's fair. That's fair. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay, so there are the Valar. There's Manwe, Varda, who are kind of like the sky gods. Then there's Aule, and he's the one who's responsible for making the dwarves. There we go. Yes. So Aule Aule is kind of like the smith god. He's kind of like a
0: Hephaestus. Aule, getting it done. Yeah. I feel like sure. that's the only way that I'm going to be able to remember any of these names <laughs> is to give them a really cute tagline. Totally. Like, like getting it done. That's how totally. I got through I learning wrestling names, Amanda. That's yeah. amazing. They all just
1: became Blah Blah
0: Dad. That's amazing. Yeah, that's the only reason that I know any of those wrestlers' names, Jules. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Money Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Shane dad. McMahon. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Shane McMahon. Team Shane. And so Owlette is married to
2: Yavanna, who's kind of like the the Earth Goddess. She's like Gaia. She's like, you know, she, she creates trees and plants. Yavanna, get centered. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So Aule, at a certain point, creates the dwarves because he's like, I can't wait for the, the elves and, and elves. the men. Like, I can't wait for the Oh, so the dwarves
1: predated
2: humans? Pre- the so they and the predate humans. the elves and humans technically. But once he creates them, then Eru, the one god, is like, like, I didn't no, say you could time. do that. He's like, I didn't say you could do that. And Owl-A was like, and this is very um I think this is very much um kind of Abraham-esque. Mm-hmm. But is ready to like smash smash the dwarves and kill to them. Oh no. Yeah. And and Aero's like, no, 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 no. It's, it's cool. cool. It's cool. But you just have to put them to sleep until after the elves wake up. Oh. And those
1: uh, elves getting preferential treatment over those dwarves. I know That's so BS.
2: much privilege. So Owle creates the dwarves puts him back to sleep until such time as they can wake up again but Yovana's like I don't really like this because the dwarves are like gonna cut down the trees that I planted and they're gonna keep destroying nature and that I created and so she goes to Eru and is kind of like I don't like this and he's like okay okay what we'll do is we'll give your creations a voice as well so those are the Ents that we see oh, in Lord of the Rings, people? so the tree people, yeah. yeah, the tree nice. people. I know. So, so I, I love that story. That's one of my favorite parts of the early part of the book. Is like, is like, I really want kids, and he creates his kids, and Eros like, not yet, and then Yvonne's like, was like, <laughs> like, like, I don't know if I'm if I like his kids, and and so the <laughs> god is like, Well, I'll let you create your own kids that can kind of counter his kids it's like it's 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 just a funny it's just like a funny story there's I'm just like,
1: imagine this is a very dysfunctional family yeah yeah where like the cousin you don't like has children you're like yeah. well
0: we have to have kids now so that like these little fuckers don't mess with me totally i was picturing like a bunch of false starts in a board game where everyone's like oh my god i'm so excited yeah and then and then just like not yet not, not, not yet, yet you not can't yet, play that
1: card until the third turn
0: why mom
2: <laughs> there's two more important gods to talk about and there or Valar one is Ulmo who's very much Poseidon he's the god of the sea sweet and he kind of plays a role more than any of the other gods in the story because he's the god of the sea so he can kind of go to Arda or Beleriand
0: as it's It's a physical island so he can like yeah go across those two like yeah realms. exactly cool. so he
2: he kind of spends more time with elves and men during this cool. during the story than any other that's uh, super interesting because
1: i don't think of the sea very often when i think of the Ooh.
0: uh lord of the rings lord of the rings story, yeah. right so it's very it's much not, like it's, mountains rocks
2: you know under plains. the earth the sea is much more important in the silmarillion
0: Which makes sense because, like, that's more of, like, a primal humanity feature Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of, like, things that are just elemental and important to us early. And then we get all caught up, like, making our own structures, civilizations, you know, adapting nature to our own purposes. And it makes sense that it would be less, I think, present. And part of it is that, like, during this first early age of the world, like, the elves
2: and men are much more connected to Valinor and to the gods who live there. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Like, they're, like, real... Beings to them, sure. While in the Lord of the Rings, it's more like their theoretical ideas. They're like they're they, like they exist, but they're more an idea than they are like yeah. a reality. And well.
1: You move from that uh, very much like anthropomorphic god to something mm-hmm. a little bit more uh, omniscient, though.
2: absolutely
0: you theoretical. Yeah.
2: yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so there's Ulmo, and then there's Mandos, who's very much kind of a Hades figure. He it Sounds like a good
1: Hades-type it, name. It
2: is. Mondos. Mandos. And Mandos guards the Hall, the Gates of the Dead, essentially, of the Hall of the Dead, and he gives judgment um, in certain situations.
0: What would, like, an anti-judgmental death god look like? An anti-judgmental... Someone who's just like, you did okay, bud. I like, feel like
1: there wouldn't okay. be one. They would just enter and it would be like a lack of judgment and a lack of God right. in that
0: sense. It would just be really good therapy.
2: Totally. So that actually leads me to my to the Vala that I am most interested in. And Whoa. her name is uh, Nienna. and good she's- name it is a good name and she's kind of just like the goddess of sorrow and she well but not just sorrow but it but it's like the goddess of empathy like real sorrow yeah Yeah. like real sorrow wow and i love that i love that like she's and julia wants four of them right now (laughs) i know like let's that let's do that spinoff series like let's find out more about nienna the like Goddess of empathy, and oh my god. you know what? Like
1: the fact that they come from music and create music in order to create yeah. the world, it makes so much sense to have yes. a goddess that fits that category Absolutely. because a, someone who controls emotion and embodies emotion that one hundred percent fits with the world building that he totally. establishes. Oh,
2: I love it. Oh, yeah, man. me too. It's that. and it, and it, like re- I I reread this recently, and I was just like, oh my god, yeah, because she's not very important to the like the the story. Sure, but she's one of the most interesting. like creations that tolkien made to me oh yeah amazing so those are the valar there's also the Maiar, who are kind of the spirits just below the valar okay one of those is Olorin, who again doesn't really factor into the silmarillion but um that's gandalf um yep gandalf is totally kind of a god (gasps) Um, that oh, wow! Yeah, amazing! Isn't that awesome? The wizards, the wizards are are gods who kind of get sent to Earth in the third age and become giant oh. dorks. Yep, <laughs> pretty Fair much. I like to smoke dorks. weed. Yes. Um, <laughs> that that um, good
1: hobbit, Kush. Yeah, for real. <laughs> that uh man blinking at me. Did you not know that he smokes weed in the he, books? No. Yeah.
2: yeah, your love of the halflings' leaf has clearly slowed your mind.
0: That too.
1: Because <laughs> he's smoking he's smoking mad weed and then he like makes weird smoke rings where they're not smoke rings, they're like ships and shit that he could just
0: blow out. Yeah, uh, but he's uh, totally beautiful. smoking weed. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, in character. In 420 character, 20 blaze it. For sure. Dash Gandalf. Okay, so the gods come
2: down. Melkor is like, I'm gonna destroy whatever you create. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know what? We put up with that for a while, but now we're gonna chain you. And like put you in prison Makes so sense. that you don't Fair. destroy the world. Maybe Fair. Maybe but they try don't not. but they don't like banish him from the world. They just kind of chain him up for a while. Farda creates the stars, and that's when the elves wake up. So the elves are called the Eldar because they're the star people. Speaking of the moon, at this point in the history of time in, in Tolkien's uh conception of it, um the sun and the moon don't exist yet. But That seems like a problem. Yeah. (laughs) But there are these two trees. So Yavanna, Earth Goddess, creates two trees, or she plants two trees and they grow and they sort of have the light of the sun and the moon before the sun and the moon exist. Um, And so there's one, the sun one is called Lorelin and the moon one is called Telperion, I believe. And so Orome, the hunter god, he finds the elves and he brings them back. But not all of them want to go to Valinor, so so some of them stay on Earth, huh, okay. and um and some of them go with him. And there's three kind of races of elves that are important. There's the Vanyar, the Noldor, and the Teleri. And this story focuses very much on the Noldor. Okay. The Noldor are the most important, and the most important guy, his name is Feanor, because he creates the Silmarils, which is what the Silmarillion is named after. I going to be like, that sounds familiar. (laughs) So the Silmarils are these three jewels, essentially. That he kind of like creates. So it's very interesting in Tolkien because like in the Lord of the Rings it's like okay the ring is evil and in Tolkien there's very much this theme of worshipping objects Hmm. and those objects betraying you. And so... Everyone loves these Silmarils so much and covets them so much, including Melkor, who gets released at a certain point, yeah, which is not a great idea. That happens sometimes. Um, so, Melkor eventually kind of poisons all of the Noldor against the Valar, the gods, and convinces them that they're like, you know, conspiring against them and trying to keep them from having dem- domin- dominion over the earth.
1: I was worried mm. that he actually poisoned them. And no, it was like, oh,
2: no, he doesn't. Thing. He doesn't actually poison them. That's he good. just he like you know he's very he's very Loki slash devil like. Gotcha. So eventually, Feanor kind of becomes uh, separated from the rest of the Noldor, and they, and, and they don't really like each other. And it's very complicated. There's lots of names that begin with F. Sure. Um, cool. Cool. There's there's Fingelfine and Finarfin. Fingolfin, Yeah, Fingolfin. That's also what I want to name my child. <laughs> um. uh, let's talk about that. Yeah. We'll talk about You can talk me out of it later. Fingolfin, Finarfin are the brothers of Feanor. They all have children. Feanor has seven sons. Always Uh a good number. Something's going to happen to that family. Yeah. The seventh son and seventh son ends up a werewolf
1: usually. Yeah. Or the chosen one. It's a weird combo. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting.
2: Things don't go well for Feanor and his seven sons. Yikes. So basically, he decides to lead all the Noldor back into Beleriand, or like, you know, the earth where the main action happens, Mm -hmm. away from the Holy Land, away from Valinor. And he unfortunately... Um, dies no he kills a bunch of the Teleri got worse um who are the sea the sea elves oh no No, he killed yeah to steal their boats
0: no just steal the boats yeah just perform a rap song mm -hmm. and say thank you yeah and (laughs) then it gets it
2: gets it gets worse too so he he and his seven sons not all of whom are like down with what he's doing um, they take the boats and they go across the sea and they land on, you know, the Balerians in, in Earth where they're going to, you know, start to live. And they're like, cool, so should we send the boats back now to bring the rest of our people over? And he's like, no, nah, we're going to nah, burn. fuck em. We're going to, no. yeah, yeah. And, um, and so uh, many of his sons are like, oh, shit, that sucks, okay, kind of. Yeah, and by this Ugh. point, Melkor, who is now named Morgoth, what? Cause why not? Cause Wait, why not?
1: Is Morgoth the giant fire guy? Or? No, that's okay. a, so
2: he. So that's a Balrog uh, of okay. Morgoth, and so Balrog. Uh,
1: listen, i knew <laughs> a thing. yeah, I I
2: totally, knew a thing. totally. You remember, uh, Julia was like,
0: um, I'm sorry. No, if you no, remember, like, Orlando
2: Bloom in uh in most of the Lord of the Rings movies always states the obvious. So in the first <laughs> in the first movie, when they're in Moria under underground, and he's like, it's a Balrog. Morgoth, <laughs> and uh, classic now when- audience surrogate totally, Orlando Bloom. Totally okay. Oh, let's backtrack a little bit. Galadriel is one of these first elves. She's one of the Noldor. It's the lady one. Hot She's one. the lady one. She's Kate Blanchett.
1: Gotcha um and very important so, the yeah. actress because yep. otherwise i wouldn't picture it Yep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and so she she's one of those elves and she comes you know she's one of the ones that gets left behind after he burns the ships right Feanor burns the ships she and a bunch of the other noldor they decide to walk across like this land of ice to Whoa. get into earth so they get to Beleriand, and like morgoth's like i'm gonna kill you and he doesn't kill them all but he does Feanor does die. the The guy who made the Silmarils dies. Oh, but I forgot this part. This is the important part. There's now a curse on Feanor and his seven sons because they avowed an oath. God, Obvi. 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 Because Wait, hold
1: on, is this how we get the ring? or no. no i just i mean like a curse and then weird dudes. well but but there's like
2: there's very much a parallel between this story mm. and what happens in the lord okay, of the rings cool, it's cool, like
0: cool. it's textually
2: setting precedence I, for the main series yeah yeah also at this point morgoth has the silmarils gotcha. he steals Ooh. them with the first giant spider evil lady <laughs> ungoliant of course. i'm sorry yeah. there's more than one yeah, there's, there's, there's Ungoliant. They just
0: Ungoliant. can't keep living, Amanda. Yeah. And she, them.
2: she's kind of a badass too, or she's more of a badass than Sheila because she can like create a cloak of darkness Whoa. and like she eats light. Amazing. Um, yeah. So so she eats light, and that kind of feeds her, and she creates more darkness from it. Ooh. And so she actually kills those two trees that are so important. God
1: damn it. I, I know. killing the cool ants and trees know, and shit.
0: I know,
2: And um, But is able to like save just a little bit from the trees, and from that, she makes the sun and the moon. I'm so that's aware. how the sun and the moon did come good. to exist. Exactly.
0: Imagine if the trees were still there, how brilliant and bright Can that you would be. Imagine? Can Amazing. you imagine? Maybe a little too bright. It's almost like an allegory for moralism. Yeah, <sighs> <laughs> I can't really stick um, to to the particulars of the story because I'm two gins in. Oh, but that's fine. I can definitely pick up on the like shape of it. Well, yes. no,
2: and that's the important part. And yeah. like this is this is the thing uh, is that like unless you're a nerd like me, like you got to go for the good stuff in this in mm-hmm. this book. But isn't that why um, it's cool?
0: Like as as a series, like yeah. casual readers or listeners can enjoy the fact of it and I think nerds can like dig in literally endlessly I I really
2: like that and so I do want to get to the to the like there's a couple of really great stories in the book that's not just like history oh yeah
0: yeah oh this is a heck of an episode and uh Jules I know that people who love stories are going to be loving this ep Mm -hmm. but they can only listen to spirit so many times I remember maybe 3 or 4 times through the back catalog mm-hmm. once they run out what what's a girl or guy or NB to do with their time. I mean, obviously, go download an audio book from Audible. Audible.com slash spirits, in fact. Or, this is fun, you could even text spirits to 500, 500 and get the URL. Text it to your phone. Texting is so easy. If you don't want to remember so many things or just want to remember numbers, just text spirits. 500-500. Jules, what book are you recommending this week? I am recommending this week The Stars Are Legion
1: by Cameron Hurley. It is a beautiful space opera that is just angry and, like just it, it's like it makes me feel a lot of things but as <laughs> as someone who is uh typically described as a podcast barbarian it is one of those self-described self-described yeah. um yeah okay um self-described as a podcast barbarian i really really love the way that cameron uses rage as like a reading lens for this story and it's all about war and memory and like moral and like gray moral ambiguity and it's beautiful our favorite stuff and also it's a sapphic
0: lesbian sci-fi in space. So. WLW space. Yep. It's Love it. Wonderful. Ugh. And this week, I am going to recommend an awesome book, not in space, but in Harlem, called The Poet X by Elizabeth Acevedo. Those are very different places. Yes. Uh, <laughs> she is a spoken word poet. And this is a really beautiful uh, kind of short audiobook, just three and a half hours, uh, narrated by her. So you really get that beautiful like performance quality to the narrative. It's like the best of Poetry with a long enough narrative that it will, you know, take several commutes or car washings or gym sessions or whatever it is that you're going to do. But it's incredible. It's like a novel that's in verse as well. So it's story. It's rhythmic. It is entrancing. And I cannot recommend it enough.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. And the nice part about Audible, too, is... Hey, if you get an audiobook and you don't like it, or the story just isn't for you or something like that, they have a great listen guarantee.
0: So if you don't like it, you just swap it out for something new. Yeah, you can control the speed of the audiobook. You can switch back and forth between like an ebook and the audiobook with their whisper sync for voice um, and my favorite thing is that you own the book so even if you decide to you know take a pause or to suspend your membership you still own the book you can still listen to it it's not like a rental or streaming type situation.
1: Yeah uh, so you can get started just go to audible.com spirits and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs and you can download a title for free and start listening today. It's that easy.
0: Yeah. Or if you want, you can text SPIRITS to 500-500 and get that link texted to you. Right on. Right on. Thanks, Do Audible, for sponsoring us. Yeah, thanks, Audible. And now, let's get back to the journey.
2: The first story is the story of Baron and Luthien, which is very much the predecessor to Aragorn and Arwen. Ooh. Nice. Um, I like the name Luthien, not gonna lie. Yes. That's pretty cool. Yes. Luthien. Yes. So, okay. Backtracking again a little bit. When the elves first came to be mm-hmm. yeah There, um so the Teleri, the sea elves some of them stayed behind cool and most of them followed this one guy um who now is known by thingle
1: not um, not my favorite
0: not name. the greatest not name. the best he's name not the, greatest not name. Not not the, name. the best like name a really hot guy then he's like
2: hi yeah. i'm he's Wilbur. kind of the way like, he's oh. the way he's described in the book so basically he falls in love with one of the mayar who are like the lesser gods gotcha uh-huh. who one one happens to be level her, people sort of yeah gotcha. and her name is melian hmm and Good kind, of a, name. kind of a nice name, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's kind of a witch. She's kind of like a forest witch. Same. And so they fall in love, and he becomes kind of like a silver fox, like his hair turns gray. Oh. And so and so, all of his followers are now called the gray elves, um, or the Sindar.
1: I defend myself, <laughs> out right? There, like, <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah,
2: yeah. That's my jam. That's right. Julia's in. So they have this domain in kind of the center of of the earth um called Doriath and Melion kind of protects their forest um so that no evil can come into it. Nice. And they have a daughter named Lúthien. And Lúthien is half elf, half god kind of. Amazing. Wow. Um and is like so so pretty. Um and really like like dances and is like really pretty. Um, when the sun and the moon are created, um, when the sun rises for the first time, that's when the men wake up. That's when humans wake up. Gotcha. ruh row. Um, and so elves don't die unless they're like killed, yeah, unless they're yeah. slain, but men do die. Yeah, gotcha. and we don't know what happens to them after they die. And it's actually really? yeah, it's a really. Kind of beautiful thing that Tolkien wow. talks about in the book—the way he talks about the fate of men, like and like no one knows where they go. Wow. Yeah. And it, and that in itself is a gift. So it, I think it's kind of like, oh shit. Yeah. We weren't like, prepared for this to get. I real. know it gets it gets pretty it gets pretty intense. Wow. Like the elves, like they die, but then they go to the Hall of Mondos the kind of Hades god. Mm-hmm. And then after like a thousand years, they can come back to life if they want to. Wow. That seems like a
1: sweet deal as well. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not sure. I mean, I think I would prefer like the eternal life
2: thing. Mm. But I like the way that Tolkien kind of talks about death and is like, it's not a curse. It can be a good thing. It's a beautiful
0: mystery or an opportunity. Yeah. Which I think is really cool.
2: Yeah. Some men are like, the elves are like, cool, we're down with you. And one of those is a family um, that Baron comes from. And there's a bunch of battles and, like, things are not looking good for our heroes. Oh, no. um, but somehow Baron makes it into this magical land of Doriath, the forest. Good where job, Baron. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And he sees Luthien and he's like, oh, my God, I love you. Classic. And I want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Classic. I want to. I want to. Marry you and spend all our time together. Yep. And so eventually she's like, yeah, I kind of love you too. And Aww, um, Nice. And but my, my, dad's, my dad's really not going to like this. And so they go Yikes. and talk to Thingle.
1: Her dad. Thingle. Oh, poor Thingle. <laughs> you have such a good daughter's
0: I name. Know, and then there's Thingle. I know.
2: There's Thingle, Melian, and Luthien. The ladies have such pretty names. Yeah. Like doesn't. Luthien
0: as a lady, particularly. Like, fuck yeah, sign yeah. me up.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so what I love about this story is because is that it's it's like a fairy tale romance, but Luthien is totally way more of a badass than Baron is. So good. Um and so Basically, Thingol uh, tells Baron he's like, okay, if you want to marry my daughter, you have to go get a Silmaril from Ooh, no Morgoth. Sure. That's not
1: good. And you can't just go yeah. to
2: Cheesecake Factory? No. Nope.
1: You can't just get it from
2: nope, Cheesecake You can't just no. get it from the Cheesecake Factory. Nope, you can't. We don't have the Eye of Sauron yet. Though, so at one point, uh, he does have to fight Sauron, who uh, is kind of like a servant of Morgoth. Um And actually, I believe Luthien is the one who defeats Sauron in that situation because she always does. So basically what happens is um, Baron goes off to get the Silmaril and he finds one of the elf friends, and they kind of go on this journey together. But then they find Sauron. Sauron kind of kills everyone except Baron. I know. Um, and they're, and he turns himself into a werewolf. Cool. Yeah. There's werewolves and vampires in this story. What? I know. Oh, so I know. good. I know. It's so good. So good. You don't see enough of that in Tolkien in Lord of the Rings. Sounds like personally. a miniseries. Totally. Oh, my God. This is like my life dream.
0: This would be the next make. Game of Thrones, yo.
2: Yeah. yeah it, it totally is. could it totally totally could. She finds this kind of magical dog whose name is Huan.
0: Oh. And he and
2: he's her loyal faithful servant who's Aww. also yeah. <laughs> yeah so I cute. love it so yeah. much. <laughs> um and so, you know, he he she gets to ride him and find Baron. Aww. Oh yeah, she gets when Baron first leaves and she she wants to go after him. Of course, her father like locks no, her he in cannot. a tree. Yeah. And You know, in a tree like when Yeah, you yeah. Do, <laughs> when You're um, a half elf. <laughs> but she's magic, so she um, grows her hair out really long and she climbs down her. Oh, hair. she Rapunzel's herself? Yeah, she Rapunzel's okay. herself. Cool, cool, she cool. She Rapunzel's rap- herself.
0: Rapunzel's down the side of the tower. Yeah. Get it? I got like like, so like Rapel? Yeah, I got it. Yep. I got it. Okay, so okay. Got just, it. Dorky. Yep. just checking, Dork. Yep. Just Um, And then she
2: finds Huon the dog and they go and find Baron. Aww. All of his elf friends have died. Um, oh. But she and like the wolves are evil. And Tolkien really doesn't like wolves and he really likes e- eagles. Um, okay. understand- Understandable. Okay. Eagles are a really big theme. But Luthien goes and basically rescues Beren because men, yeah. ne- men need rescuing by Classic. women. Yeah. Good. I'm glad Tolkien um, understood that. He did. He really did. Like very much in the Silmarillion, it's very much like, yeah, you listen to the women. So, so then they go to like go to where Morgoth is um in oh, Angband no. Angband is like the first Mordor whoa oh, yeah I want to so hang out there I, I don't New want York's you? hottest no. club yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's like the snake hole lounge. you need yeah, to yeah. get in Pawnee's you most need dangerous hottest to get club yeah it only said dangerous
2: <laughs> they go to angband and there's of course a wolf
0: gotta be oh yeah
2: and she's dressed she's she's put on the hide of a of a vampire and Whoa. he's put on the hide of a wolf and nice. that's how they're disguised dope, dope, dope. okay um, strong look doing good for sure super goth um <laughs> Truly then, the yeah Truly. the most goth and um but then there's this other wolf guarding the gates of angband and um and so Luthien has to, like, cast a spell on him to put him to sleep. And then they go into Angband, and there they find Morgoth, who's, like, so much worse than Sauron. He's, yeah. like, so evil. And she basically is like, Baron, I got this. And she dances for him and kind of yeah. makes him fall asleep as well. Gotcha. Right on. Um, so then Baron cuts one Silmaril out from his crown, and he's got it. He's like, sweet but then he gets a little too greedy no, man. and he's like, maybe I can take two. Don't no. jack in the beanstalk
1: that shit. Exactly. So, no. so he
2: tries to cut the second one, the blade breaks and cuts Morgoth across the <gasps> cheek and he kind of wakes up. So they're like, we got to book it. So they run. But that, by that point, the wolf, the like wolf guardian, woke up. he woke up Ugh. and he decides to uh, bite off Baron's hand that has the Silmaril. <gasps> and, Proceeds to go crazy because nothing evil can touch the Silmarils without being burned. So he's got this like holy, holy rock. jewel yeah. inside oh. himself and is just kind of like burning from within. Yikes. Yeah. So this wolf goes crazy, like runs away. Baron's kind of like dying. Um but Luthien sucks the poison out of the wound. She's
1: just killing it right she now. She really is.
2: She's such a badass. And so her dad's like, "Well, where's the Silmaril?" and Baron's like, "I have it in my hand." And he like shows him his cut-off he's hand. Like, he's like, "Look at my like, stump. Yeah, he's Aww. like, "It's in my hand, I swear." My hand is just in, in a the crazy stomach wolf. Of a wolf. Yeah, and so by this point, um the wolf has made its way to the magical forest of Doriath. Dope. And so Baron and a couple other people go out to hunt it, mm-hmm. including Juan the dog.
1: Yay. Yeah. Yay, Juan.
2: <laughs> so <cute>. Sadly, Juan...
1: <gasps> no! No dog death in our podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. but He, he did introduced it. him
2: just to kill him. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um and he's got more like there's more stuff that happens in the story and he like, lives he, a
0: full all right full all, right, life. all yeah, right yeah 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 to he, make lived, it better. he went to doggy
2: heaven okay, um good. Thank and
0: <laughs> you. i will choose to believe that
2: yeah well actually he did theoretically come from valinor so he probably went back there and it's just all right, like all right i'm a spirit dog now and um baron is mortally wounded as well during this and he dies <sighs> Yikes. um Bloody. and but luthien before he dies is like don't go away. Don't go to the place that men go when you die. Wait for me. Aww. And so he That's really sweet. It's very sweet. And um and also I was reading recently that Tolkien based this story very much on his relationship with his wife Aww.
0: who he was with from the
2: time he was sixteen to when he
0: died. No, take it back. Just take it back. I know.
2: I know it's so oh, so many feelings. Um, so basically, Baron dies, but he goes to Mondos mm-hmm. um, instead of going wherever men go when they die. Okay. And yep. Luthien kind of falls into a swoon and her spirit goes to him. Cool. And they go to Manwe, the kind of Zeus god, yeah. for mm-hmm. judgment. Because um, she's like, I want to you know, save him. I want to be with him. Mm-hmm. And Manwe is basically like, basically like, okay, either you can stay here in Valinor and live in the Holy Ram- realm forever, or you both can go back to earth, but you're mortal. Hmm. So you're not going to live forever and you will share in the fate of men. And she's like, I'm totes going to do the second option. This is mm-hmm. like so, a
1: reversed Disney's Hercules. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's it is. Great. It yeah. is.
2: And so, and, and this is very much like for those of you who have seen the Lord of the Rings, the return of the King, the story of Arwen and Aragorn, like
1: is basically this it's very
2: very similar gotcha. but luthien's way more of a badass cool. than arwen is so no offense arwen no offense arwen you're you're very cool too and um, pretty and very pretty also so they go back and they live um as mortals wow Aww. um and eventually they do die
0: all right um, but like um, but together, and in love. but
2: together and in love gotcha yeah so it's a very beautiful story um it's and this is Tolkien's kind of like fairy tale romance. He did
1: real good. Yeah, he did. I'm happy with it. Um and besides apparently, the dog guy.
2: I know, I know. That part's sad. There is like like the Silmarillion is very, very dark, which the next big story, which is the only other big story mm-hmm. in the Silmarillion, is the story of Turin Turinbar, who's the guy who has like seventeen million names. Sounds right. I'll I'll do Bring this one on. a little bit more succinctly because it's a little less I mean, it's a badass story because there's dragons in it or there's a dragon in it. Sign me up. Totally. So basically Turin is a man who... Got a lot of names. After Baron, Yep, he's got a lot of names. After Baron, Thingol is like, I like men. So... <laughs> can't get over Thingol. <laughs> Phrasing. Phrasing. Can't get over um, <laughs> <laughs> Super and, in. Yep. And so Turin gets to go live in Doriath with Melian and Thingol. And... Can't every time, every time, every, every time. <laughs> so um, good. But so he does. But he grows up and and just kind of like everything goes wrong with oh. him. And um, his father is being held captive by Morgoth. And basically, Turin like he's such a boy. Like you know, he gets into a fight and he like throws a glass at this guy. Oh no! And no. then and then the guy is like follows him the next day and is like, "Why'd you do that? Like fight me?" And the guy and he and so Turin like strips him naked and chases him and the guy eventually is so scared that he like falls and falls to his death and <gasps> Torrance, and Torrance, like oh shit I that's should probably like the right falls yeah and he should and so he goes and he joins like this band of outlaws typical you know like join a gang yeah. you know like you know it's become a just highway man, he's I just guess. a bad boy yeah, yeah, yeah. Get and tattoos yep um and then he kind of like takes over this dwarf's house don't do he that. Like, yeah, he, like, lives with this Poor dwarves. With, I know. My takeaway, takeaway here is
0: poor dwarves. I
2: know. I know. Dwarves really get the short end of the stick. Apparently. Mm. Um, in this, uh, short end uh, of the stick. Because they're short. <laughs> <Love>. um, <laughs> poor dwarves. Turin has this one elf friend who comes and follows him, but he ends up killing him by mistake. <gasps> and, like like everything goes wrong for Turin. No. Um he also has a sister and but he hasn't seen his sister or his mother
0: for like 20 years. Is he going to fall in love um, with the sister accidentally? Uh-oh. Is yes. It, it's going it. <laughs> to um, be a I th- star Wars. It's going to be a star. Wars.
2: I like to I like to think of it a little more like um like pre Game
0: of Thrones. Like this is okay. kind of like
2: the more tame version of Game of yeah. Thrones. I'm sorry.
0: Why haven't I ever called a Game of Thrones release night party pre-Game of Thrones? Yeah.
2: Oh my God. We fucked up. <laughs> we my fucked friend. up. We fucked up. We have one down. more season. We have
0: one more chance. We have one more chance. 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 One one well, rank? I guess.
2: Well, no. Maybe? I mean, we've got, we could do it before all of the episodes. That's so true. We could have seven more chances I think or so.
0: something? That's true. Oh. After,
2: when once Game of Thrones is done, I'm going to do my uh, Silmarillion miniseries. Hell Fuck so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm here for it. Get at us. So he kills his elf friend by mistake. He goes and lives with, um, and you know, he's already given himself another name by this point. He goes and lives with other elves and he gives himself another name. I um, now get why he needs the multiple names because of the multiple crimes. Exactly. Yeah, he kind of... Well, he he tries to put everything behind him. He's going full catch work. me if you
0: can. It, yeah, exactly. Do- yeah, or like um, Name of the Wind, which is a series yeah. of manifold fuck-ups mm-hmm. based on ego. Yep. And a guy trying to I quietly love, outlive them. I love that them. series. It is real entertaining. It is very entertaining. The dragon
2: comes to where he is. The dragon puts a spell on him. Whoa. The dragon also puts a spell on his sister and his mother. His sister kind of... Forgets like she loses her memory and can't talk anymore. Ah. Turin finds her, not knowing who she is, and kind of teaches her how to speak again, and like kind of takes her in under his wing. They fall in love, Mm -hmm. but Uh, what kind of love? uh um and then he goes a good out a friendship love yeah. a one sided <laughs> love based yeah. on
0: power differential well no
2: in in theory she loves him back but then the dragon comes back and Turin's like i got to go fight the dragon and secretly she her name is Neanor but he calls her Niniel you know close <laughs> yeah, okay close okay. same same but different i'll allow it she follows him and he kills the dragon but kind of like when he kills the dragon, the dragon's blood spurts on him and kind of like sends him into a swoon. Yeah. Whoa. And so he kind of falls asleep. I love the swoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many swoons. Turin has fallen asleep on, on his sword. Oh, mm. Yes, I, I left that part out, but he okay. fell asleep on top of it. Not like in him, okay. but like just on top it. <laughs> we were worried. Yeah, not yet. Whew. Um. So then Neonor comes and the dragon is dying. His name is Glaurung. Um, But before he dies, he wakes up and he releases her from her spell and gives her back her memory. And now she feels all fucked up. So now she knows that she married her brother and is (sighs) carrying her brother's child.
0: (sighs) See, that's a shitty
1: last thing for that (sighs) dragon to do. Yep,
2: yep. The dragon's pretty evil. Yeah, they usually are. And at least in Tolkien. Yeah. Um not in song of ice and fire
0: yeah which in I, other which genres
1: we're cool yeah. but dragons yeah. are douchebags in tolkien yeah
0: and harry potter they're just like i'm a toddler let me go yeah <laughs> i think harry potter dragons
2: are the best dragons <laughs> i have a large they animal are why yeah. are you fucking with yeah. me
0: yeah I know. yeah let me sleep
2: let me sleep and you know you kind of piss them off Don't and, they, take my eggs. and they you know spit fire on you so she's made aware of what um of who she is She's again done fucked up, so she jumps into this cavern <gasps> yeah uh, or this like kind of waterfall kind no. of thing and uh she dies no!
1: yep yeah. it's like the Oedipus thing why did think is, yeah. Oedipus yeah. is
2: definitely um inspiration for an, this. inspiration for the yeah. story
0: inspiration um,
2: <laughs> inspiration
0: uh, Insespiration yeah
2: Ooh, uh, oh. Emma. Wow. Well, she did it first. I just said she, it louder. She just said it more distinctly than I did, which is um, fine. Take the credit. Yeah. Um. And there's this guy who overhears all this, which is important because Turin wakes up because he didn't die. He was right. just in a swoon. He was just a convenient commoner. But, yeah, exactly. And so the guy, well, he's also, he's in love with Nienor. It's very Someone sad. A little be. late, my dude. Yeah, Someone it's a little, it's, it's a little sad. Turin wakes up and this guy tells him and everyone what he saw. No. Torin doesn't believe him, um, and kills him.
1: <gasps> Torin,
2: no. he just makes all that like his heart's in the right Every place, but he but he makes so many bad decisions. Like Achilles make yep, a choice and yep. then do the opposite. He's kind of he's the tra- he's the classic tragic hero. Yeah, um, yeah. and um. And in many ways, this story is the most interesting to me because it doesn't like it's not crucial to like the the overall arc of the story. It's right. just like this kind of fucked up story in the middle like of human
1: beings, y'all. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. So that, that cute little soap opera in the middle of all of the. World building and plot related exactly. stuff. Well, exactly.
2: Exactly. Nice. So, but eventually Turin finds the guy who was with his sister when she went crazy and when the spell was put on her. And he's right. like, yeah. And she like, she woke up and she couldn't remember who she was and she ran away. Confirmation. And, yeah. And so he's like, oh fuck, like that, I Gun did marry up. my sister. Ugh. And so he falls upon his sword. Yeah. Um, and and so his name, the, the only important other name that he has is Turimbar. And that means master of fate. Um, <laughs> not so much. Master- yep, not so much. We're not not master- so much. So, so what I love is it, it, well, yeah. So um, this is one of the few things that I remember how to say in Elvish because I think it's I forget who says it about him, but it's like Turin Turunbar a Turun Ambartanen, which means a master of fate by fate mastered Aww. oh um, i was
1: like there's definitely a pun in there just yep. from the way it that, was structured yeah, yeah That's
0: exactly good, good parallel construction exactly yeah. so
2: that is the story of turin turin and wow if you don't want to read the whole silmarillion you can read that separately yeah um because christopher tolkien uh jr tolkien's son released a book called the children of hurin cool um hurin's their dad and so you can Aww. just read this story as a separate book. Nice. Also, apparently he released um, Baron and Luthian recently. Cute. I still haven't bought Pick that book. I haven't gotten it. haven't gotten around to it.
0: That was less of a roller coaster than a, like, toboggan straight to tragedy. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: That was a much. tragedy toboggan. It's
2: just a tragedy toboggan. It's, like, if you feel like you want to be sad... Read this
0: story. If you're feeling a little bit too optimistic <laughs> about the world. Yeah, exactly. A little bit like newly in love, you know, like newly just happy. Yeah. Just, just treat yourself with one of these. <laughs> totally.
2: Um, So everything that happens after that is like very quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important. Many other elven kingdoms are destroyed by Morgoth. Uh, one guy, Erendil, who's mentioned in the Lord of the Rings, is yeah. able to make it to Valinor and be like, please, please, please save do the world something about yeah. yeah exactly and the Valar are like okay because you asked and so <laughs> so they basically come in and they fix everything the the one thing that i wanted to mention um for those of you who are lord of the rings fans erendiel is also half elf half man mm-hmm. from a different lineage um and then he marries elwing who is like the she's the granddaughter of Baron and Luthien. Cool. Ooh. They together have Elrond and Elros. So Ooh. you remember Elrond yeah. from Lord of the Rings. Not
1: Elrond Hubbard, but El- no, Elrond. No, <laughs> Elrond. Like the
2: Council of Elrond, that super long scene yeah. in The Fellowship of the Ring. I got cool. got um, Elrond and his brother Elros are given the choice of whether they want to be elf or man. If they Ooh. want to be immortal or have this like weird mortal life. Yeah. Elrond decides to be an elf, Obviously. He has Arwen, who yep. we see later. She's his daughter. Mm-hmm. Elros decides to be a man, but they, um, but he kind of founds Numenor, which becomes this very Atlantis-esque land of men in the Second Age. Cool. And so there's a part in the Silmarillion um, at the end, after the Silmarillion, that's called Akalabeth, which is about the downfall of Numenor. Hmm. But from Elros... Comes Aragorn. Hey, so technically, that's a name I know. technically, if you think about it, Arwen they're and Aragorn like
1: second cousins or something.
2: They're, I mean, they're like kind of like fiftieth cousins yeah, or more nice. than that, like grand, um, grand,
1: grand cousin or something. Yeah,
2: like like there's five hundred years of men between Elros and Aragorn. Right. Distant relatives, maybe thousand years of men between them or something like that. Whereas yeah. Arwen was born like right. Gotcha. So so she's like way older than him. But anyway, I just think that's kind of fun. that's yeah, pretty that awesome. Little. By the end of the story, Melkor is pushed at, into the outer confines of yeah. the world well, um get so him he out can't come here. back. Get him out of here. Goodbye. But uh Sauron's still around. They they didn't they couldn't find they didn't him. did not worry about him. They couldn't find him. Um Should've. he ends up he he's the one who brings about the downfall of Númenor and as we learn Later creates the ring of power and yeah. fuck shit up. And Frodo has to come and to destroy him. Yeah. 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 The Frodo. habits. Go yeah, habits. Frodo, yeah, go habits. Um our small boy. Our small little boy. The Silmarils all end up in a different place. One of them ends up in the sky, one of them ends up in the sea, and one of them ends up in the earth. classic nice. Galadriel is the only one of the like main Noldor who came over from Valinor who mm-hmm. survives whoa yeah oh, so interesting it's well very done. very interesting so yeah that's a that's a not so brief but
1: still <laughs> but briefer than the briefer actual book. than the actual <laughs> i book. feel like i
0: feel like this is me and julia like bribing our parent or babe or like badass babysitter for one more uh-huh. story before bedtime mm-hmm. and then an hour later we're like what yeah <laughs> like the best thing of all time you you indulge me and i appreciate that we loved
1: it yeah. we're gonna have great dreams yes oh, yeah they're gonna be cool and full of
0: treants and and like dwarf smithery yeah and giant eagles and and wave riding elves mm-hmm. nice oh mm-hmm. uh, so those good swan boats oh those swan boats and man. don't forget thingle <laughs> fucking thingle <laughs> fucking thingle <laughs> silver fox every choice is wrong yeah yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> well all the choices right except for his name yeah, honestly yeah yeah. yeah yeah silver fox T- turin's the one whose every choice
2: is wrong yes, yes, that one correct
0: i already oh, forgot well. the name it's <laughs> the,
2: exactly imagine that times like a hundred and
0: that's the silmarillion you are a scholar but,
2: thank you maybe <laughs> i should go back to school for this
0: Or just publish a lot on the internet, and people will start to believe you're an expert. That's my strategy. You're a
1: genius. (laughs) All right.
0: So Emma,
1: yes, is there anything you would like to plug?
0: Oh, I guess on your life. I guess yeah. So this will um, go up likely in like December, January type.
2: Perfect. By this point, Wolf Three Fifty Nine might be done, Hmm. but which is no. scary, but but that doesn't mean you can't listen to you it. You if you listen haven't listened it. to Wolf 359 the before. shit out of it. Yeah, so it's a sci-fi audio drama series that takes place 7.8 light years from Earth, circling the Red Dwarf star Wolf 359. A. And I play the mission commander, Renee Minkowski. Who I just as...
0: like identify with on a spiritual level. Oh, you could. oh good. I'm truly. so glad. Where I'm just like... If everyone listened to me, there would be no problems. Exactly. That's sort of Minkowski's
2: plight in life. Is. I love it. So there's that. Um and then by the time that this is releases, I should have launched my own podcast.
0: Woo yeah.
2: Which I believe is gonna be called Pairing.
0: Use the present tense, yo. Let's let's make it It is being. called
2: Pairing and it exists. Um
0: <laughs> and it's a podcast. It's a podcast. It exists pod- and it's wonderful. <laughs> Thank
2: you. It has a hundred five star reviews on yes. iTunes. <laughs> and I'm being courted for All I'm the bad. Awards. All the awards. The
1: so, Podskers.
0: The, the Podcast the pod, Oscars. The pod, the Why podscars?
1: has no one made the Podskers oh yet, Amanda? Because
0: oh. I've never accessed as part of my brain before. There well, you
1: know, Wolf three fifty nine we
2: were we were nominated for a Webby Award, yeah. which is one of the Oscars of the Internet. Holla. So
0: only because um, they got there first, not because they're good.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Um, but still prestigious.
2: And it's a it's so it's got a podcast, a similar, somewhat similar concept w- in which I pair wine with like books and movies and uh, art and various other things. Um, Amazing. And if yeah, we haven't guest be... starred yet, we will soon. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah thank you guys so much this has been a pleasure oh my god it's such a pleasure thank you for being so much token stuff it was Uh, great uh, thank you for
1: indulging me thanks for being our nerd father oh
0: yeah thank you for being our nerd (laughs) godmother emma thank you for coming thank you so much for having me and remember y'all stay creepy stay cool Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Schaffini, and Eric Schneider, with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us on Twitter, Tumblr,
1: Facebook, and Instagram, at Spirits Podcast. We also have all our episodes, collaborations, and guest appearances, plus merch, on our website, spiritspodcast.com.
0: Come on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast, for all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. Throw us as little as $1 and get access to audio extras, recipe cards, director's commentaries, and patron-only live streams.
1: And hey, if you like the show, please share us with your friends. That is the best way to help us keep on growing.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.